Welcome to Vet Talk with Royal Canin, where we are going to address a wide variety of topics of interest to veterinarians and veterinary clinics. I'm Brenda Andreessen, founding partner of The Bridge Club, the first video-based community created to enable industry professionals to connect, engage, learn, and grow in just 25 minutes. Since our launch in February 2018, more than 1,400 veterinary professionals have participated in 43 of our live and virtual events. They're great conversations, and I am really happy to partner with Royal Canin to share the knowledge and maybe a few useful tips that you can use in your practice. So let's get started. I am really excited to be here today with Dr. Catherine Lennox and Dr. Lisa Weath, and we are going to talk about nutritional myths. So to quick overview, ladies, just before we get things started here, consumers are inundated day in and day out with current trends, experts, I'll say that in air quotes, right, um, who are giving advice on nutrition. And we need to talk about how we can help clinics overcome the challenge in order to help them have educated, scientific, and really truthful um, conversations that are consumer friendly with the pet owners that come in the door. So thank you again for being here to talk with us about this. So let's start out by talking about the most common nutritional request that you hear from pet owners when they come in your doors. So um, Dr. Weath, let's start with you. So nutrition myths, interesting. So I've been, I finished my residency in 2007 and went into private practice soon after that um, as a clinical nutritionist. And I'd say the, the myths have changed a little bit over the last kind of 10 to 12 years, but they've been fairly consistent in their theme. Um, so owners are always focused on how they can better feed their, their dog or cat. So they want to know what's the best diet to feed. And the challenge is that a lot of what they're getting are marketing messages based on human health trends whether it's gluten-free or grain-free or no byproduct. So right now, the current, the current requests that I get are um, owners want to either feed a raw meat diet because they've been told that's the best thing, the healthiest, most natural diet to feed, or they want to feed a grain-free diet because they've been told that, that corn, wheat, rice are bad ingredients and they need to avoid them for their dog or cat. So that's an interesting comment that you make there. So Dr. Lennox... How would you respond then to the conversation about the grain-free pet foods and the natural pet foods that are in the refrigerated cases in our targets, for example? I think Dr. Weath made a really important point that clients come into this from a really good place in their heart. They want to do the best thing for their pet. The biggest trend is probably no whatever. So no grain, no no gluten, like Dr. Weath said, um, having that conversation with them about what constitutes a good diet, what constitutes something that may not be as safe and nutritious for their pet is going to be really important. So where should they go for their information? Obviously, they're going to go to Dr. Google, right? We're all, we're all familiar with that. Where really would you recommend they go for the best quality nutrition if they're not getting it from you? Always start with your veterinarian if you're a client. Um, Getting it from your veterinarian is going to be the best thing. But at the same time, there are reputable sources on the Internet even. Um, The Wasaba Nutrition Toolkit is a great place. They have client resources. There are other places where veterinarians can get education to better educate their clients as well. One of the common myths that's probably been um, persistent through this whole time is that most pet owners don't feel their veterinarian understands nutrition. And, and I will tell any veterinarian who's listening to this that they actually know more about nutrition than they think. 
all, almost all of what they learned in biochemistry, all of what they learned in biochemistry in undergraduate and in veterinary school is nutritional biochemistry. It's how nutrients interact within the body. You know, they took medicine classes and they took physiology classes. That's all. Nutrition is just how to get nutrients into the body so it works efficiently and works well. Well, so with that in mind, then, how does a veterinarian who has a pet owner who comes in and is clearly misinformed, how do you have, number one, the confidence to speak up about that, given what you just said? And then, you know, what's a good way to approach that so that it doesn't come across as condescending or corrective? Mm -hmm. And it's it's challenging because veterinarians are are kind of relegated to this relatively short window with the client. And so oftentimes they don't want to even talk about nutrition. It's such a big topic. They're not comfortable with it. So many practices, it seems, don't know how to start that conversation on nutrition. So, you know, Dr. Lennox, how are you helping practitioners to have that conversation? What kind of information are you bringing forward that they need to absorb and then be able to share out? I think the first thing is always going to be getting your nutritional assessment as part of your exam. That's going to include getting a body weight, a body condition score, muscle condition score, and a diet history. And the diet history, I think, is the most important thing because a lot of clients don't realize how much they're feeding, how much treats contribute to calories, how much treats can contribute to a detrimental effect for medical conditions. So I think there's a lot of information that can be gained by talking through that with the client and then going from there. Um, so it'll depend somewhat on the, the conversation that you have about the patient's nutritional status and the diet history. But I think to some degree, that's going to get you off at a good point. One thing I will say is telling the client that their beliefs are incorrect is never the correct no. way to go. Right. So good if point. you, That's a really good point. you myth busting, you know, I know we're talking about nutritional myths, but trying to bust the myth and tell them why they're wrong is not a good way to start because yeah. they're going to be defensive and they're going to, it's going to stick them more to their beliefs and they're going to dig their feet into the ground yeah. and not want to discuss it. That's a really great point. So if, if you were each to offer two tips to veterinarians listening to this, um, to how to get into the conversation with your pet owner and find out what they're really thinking and then how to try to encourage them to head a, a good direction. So um, share, me, share with me. So there. I would say one, the fr number one, which Catherine has already touched on, is c get a diet history. Um, I tell there's a on the Wasava that so it's the World Small Animal Veterinary Association for those who are listening who aren't familiar with Wasava. Um, but there, in the toolkit, there's a short and a long diet history form. Um, I tell veterinarians, have the client fill it out. You're all, I'm always running a few minutes late. Have them fill it out while they're waiting. That way you're not taking up time in the exam room and they've got, you know, and the client has time to think about it. So number one is ask the question, what are they feeding? How, what are they giving? Include treats, supplements, everything. And how they're feeding, and not they, just what they're feeding. Yeah. Um, and then from there, look at, I tell, I tell veterinarians to have a more objective approach to the diet plan. Um, so you're feeding the, you know, diet X. If the dog is overweight, then we're going to have a conversation about calories and where those calories are coming from. If the dog has recurrent colitis issues, we're going to talk about the, the diet again, how it can impact this disease state if they have skin issues. Again, we're talking about how diet impacts the disease issues. So I bring it to first ask the question, second, tie in how that animal looks clinically to you. Um, without talking about labels or names or brands, say, okay, this dog needs to have a diet that has, you know, lower fat, higher fat, lower fiber, higher fiber, whatever, whatever that, that 
treatment is, and is it matching for this particular patient? So we need to match diet to dog rather than just pick a brand. Excellent point. Excellent point. And I think another thing is discussing your nutritional goals and trying to understand the client's nutritional goals is going to be really important because they may not align, they may align, but if they don't align, you need to get to a place where you can at least agree upon something that's going to be beneficial for the pet. Yeah. And I'd say that, um, you know, telling the, again, telling the owner that they're wrong or that their decisions are wrong isn't going to help. It's not going to get to your end goal. Not at all. Um, and so I tell if owners have concerns, you know, they don't want to feed a particular diet because it says chicken byproduct meal, and I've heard that's really bad, I'll then go through, okay, well, this is what it actually means. So it's internal organ meats cleaned of their content, so there's no infectious, there's no bacteria in it, and it's protein powder. So it's basically organ meat protein powder. <laughs> Just like you would buy whey powder or protein powder from the health food store, that's what the companies are using in their food. And then once they hear what the actual definition is, they're like, oh, well, that's not bad. I bet actually. a light bulb goes off sometimes yeah. Yeah. with them. I do. And yeah. so I kind of just, so this is what it actually means. Um, and I think a not knowing what an ingredient is, is really scary to mm-hmm. a client. So helping them understand what's in the food, yeah. whether it's, you know, chicken byproducts meal or grains or wheat or whatever mm-hmm. it is can be really beneficial because if they understand that you're coming from a good place and that you're not trying to tell them they're wrong, I think helping them understand yeah. can be really beneficial. Well, that trust, right? You're building yeah. the trust with the, with the pet owner then so that they come back to you for advice mm-hmm. and not get it off the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And the benefit to having, you know, to doing a diet history and collecting this with every appointment is that that veterinarian is going to build their own kind of database, if you want to think of it that way, on what diets work and what diets don't. And so if they see that every dog that comes in on brand X has you know, is excessively shedding and has dry, scaly skin and has recurrent diarrhea, then they're, you know, the next time someone comes in on diet X, they're going to say, you know what, I've had some issues with this particular food. Maybe we're going to go to brand Y, Um, you know, the one that seems to work better for most of their patients. And so the owner, you know, the owners still are going to turn to the veterinarian for advice and recommendation. I think veterinarians need to take a, you know, take that mantle back from the pet stores and, and be that source of information. But I think building that trust, like you said, is so important because if clients have preconceived notions and then you come in and you're trying to, in the best place, change what they're doing, they might get, they might get defensive unless that trust is there. And that, I think, is an excellent point, too, right? We all want to do our best for our pets. And recognizing from the start that when petters come through the door, generally they are trying to make the best decisions possible for the pets. So with the guidance that you've been able to offer here today in this particular session, hopefully veterinarians will remember that, think about it from the perspective of the pet owner coming in the door, that the intentions are good. Your guidance is going to help them make the best choice for their particular pet. And hopefully everybody will walk out feeling a little bit happier after that particular exam situation when nutrition has been part of the conversation. So um, I want to thank you very much for being here today to talk with us. Thank you Dr. Lisa Weath, thank you. Very, very much appreciated. Dr. Catherine Lennox, thank you for taking time today to talk thank about you. this important topic.